It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope everyone is doing fantastic today. The sun is shining through my window right onto my face. A little different look here uh, for the show. The Magic are back at practice since Hurricane Ian. I hope everyone is able to pull through okay, but it's time to get back to it. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is September 30th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic get back to work after two days off because of Hurricane Ian. We're back in the saddle too, trying to catch you up on what the Magic are up to and what the Magic are trying to do to catch up after missing two days. We'll also hear from Jamal Mosley after practice on Friday as well as he updates us on where the Magic are at and what they're doing in training camp. And we'll tie up some kind of, I guess, first week of training camp uh, notes and and items uh, as we get ready uh, for the first preseason game coming up on Monday. We'll preview that Monday as well as talk about Bull Bull on that show too. So a lot to get to here. We're going to try and make this relatively quick though. I know it's a Friday night for a lot of you, but before we do any of that, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day, no matter when when you listen, or no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day and part of your daily routine. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered with this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Obviously, uh, from a a basketball perspective, uh, things have not been ideal for the Orlando Magic so far to start training camp. Um, Markel Fultz, 
Gary Harris out with injuries, two potential, two rotation players at minimum, um, not able to participate in training camp. Um, and then we get hit with uh, a massive, massive, massive event, uh, just a, a huge event. And the sun is setting, so if it gets dark around me, I apologize. I forgot to turn on some some extra lights here. This this all new to me. Um, uh, a massive, massive, massive storm event. Um, for those of you uh, who live in Florida, I hope you were able to ride out Hurricane Ian successfully. Um, I hope that there's as little damage as possible here in Orlando. And, and like I, I told a lot of people who are new to this, who this was their first hurricane, I, I explained to everyone, I'm a lifelong Orlando resident, I explained to everyone that typically hurricanes weaken significantly by the time they reach Orlando, by the time they reach Central Florida. And that is what happened in this case. Um, Hurricane Ian ended up coming over Orlando or, or Central Florida area um, as a Category 1 hurricane, which is still a very serious thing. Floridians tend to be a little bit more blasé about hurricanes, but did hit Florida as a Category 1 storm um, that d- did come with some massive damage. Um, if you are on the Universal Orlando Annual Pass holder, uh, if you follow uh, follow that a little bit, um, there's a big hole in the side of the Jurassic Park building, so if anyone sees a T-Rex on I-4, um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's where it comes from. Um, honestly though, from all that I've heard and seen, you know, I, I work for a news station for my, for my day job. Um, the wind damage isn't, hasn't been the killer of this storm. Um, that the killer of this storm has been the flooding. Um, and so just, this is an update for those who are not in central Florida. If you're in central Florida, you know, this, uh, the Fort Myers Gulf coast, you know, Bay area, uh, you know, Gulf coast got completely killed and, and if and if you can find a way to donate and help those not not just here in central florida obviously but uh in the fort myers naples uh tampa bay area um please find a way to do so though th- those communities got hit very very hard by this storm and it is very very rare that a storm this powerful develops out in the gulf coast in the way that it did a lot of people have been comparing this storm to hurricane charlie from 2004 um, there are a lot of similarities between these two storms, especially in the past that they took. I believe this is the first um, first hurricane to hit uh, Orlando directly since Hurricane Charlie did. And Hurricane Charlie essentially just went straight up I-4 um, in one night. But Charlie was super powerful uh, and compact and fast. This thing moved pretty slowly. This was a solid 12-hour storm. Um, that was extremely powerful, had very heavy winds, brought a lot of rain, and just lasted a long time. Um, and that's really been kind of the story uh, for the community and the story for Central Florida. It, it's been a lot of flooding. It's been a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, just standing water. And you know, fortunately, where I live in downtown Orlando, the damage was really minimal. There are a few traffic traffic signs that that went down. Uh, I don't believe we ever lost power um, in downtown Orlando, and so I, you know I'm very, very fortunate uh, on that. Um, but not a block away from me, the day after the storm um, and during the storm, um, the, not a block from me, the road was completely flooded. Um, if you know downtown Orlando, I live I live right by Lake Eola. Lake Eola flooded the surrounding streets, um, and, and those are very busy thoroughfares. But I'm sitting here today, Friday. The streets are completely clean. I actually went to the went to the Publix uh, near, right across the street from Lake Eola, and while they were busy still restocking some things, 
um, the roads were completely clear, and it's it's really a, a kind of a miracle that 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 happened. Uh, unfortunately, I can't say that about all the areas of Central Florida. Um, Seminole and Osceola counties, the two counties that kind of surround uh, Orlando. Orlando is an orange county for those that are unfamiliar with with Central Florida geography. Um, Seminole County to the north, Osceola County to the south, both got hit very hard with flooding. Um, the, I believe there was uh, water rescues. There was a that we were, were under a flash flood warning. Uh, throughout much of the evening and much of the day on Thursday, um, Seminole County was hit with a flash with a flash flood emergency. One of the lakes completely flooded uh, and caused serious damage and, and, and required water rescues uh, from local authorities. Um, in Orange County here, one of the apartment buildings over by UCF completely flooded. I was I was told by someone uh, that that it that the floods actually kind of erased the first floor of, of a major apartment building in Central Florida. So while, while you know, certainly us Floridians tend to take this stuff a little light, little lighter, um, you know, we definitely understand how to handle ourselves during hurricanes. There's still a lot of damage. There's still a lot that happened during this storm. Um, before we even, and I want to just get all that out before we even get into the basketball today. Um, the, the, the DeVos Family Foundation is donating $1 million to Hurricane Ian relief efforts here in Central Florida. They're going to, they're going to various organizations. We $500,000 is going to the uh, Orlando United Way, if I'm not mistaken. I may, I may be a little bit off on that on that one. But, um, but it's it, despite how well Orlando pulled through this storm, and Orlando did pull through this storm very, very well, um, this was still a major, major, major event. And so... Basketball deserves to be in the second and third blocks of the show, just just to give that update to everyone uh, that may not be aware of what's going on in Orlando. Um, as as soon as I, um, you know, we don't have like an official uh, uh, hurricane relief effort um, uh, 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 posting here, um, but if if you want to share with me uh, hurricane relief efforts or hurricane relief funds, I would love to share with with my listeners and, and let and, and let everyone know that there are ways to help us here in Florida recover from what is an event. I, I have lived in Orlando my entire life. I have, I, I have been through several hurricanes. I was, I, I was in middle school during the summer of 2004 uh, when we got hit with three hurricanes like right in a row. Um, I believe it was Charlie, Francis, and Ivan. Francis sucked because it was, Francis was big and slow. It wasn't powerful, but it was big and slow and it stopped. Uh, it actually stopped. It literally was, you know, hurricanes like spin this thing actually stopped right on top of us, and so we were just kind of sitting there without power for two, three days. Uh, you know, and, and and again, where I live was very fortunate. We got our power back very, very quickly. I had friends in, in high school, and middle school those years who did not get their power back for weeks. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are people still dealing with with that and still without power today, uh, even as the storm has moved on, and even as Orlando has done more than than pick itself up here in, in the time being. Obviously, there's still a whole lot more work to do. Um, again, if there's a way for you to help, if there's a way for you to help kind of boost this community and help us get, uh, kind of move forward and move on, uh, please find a way to do so. It is, it is obviously, uh, a really big thing. And, and, and obviously this is a major event that deserved, frankly, to put basketball on the back burner, but the magic were back at practice on Friday. They were able to get back in the gym. We'll talk a little bit about what they have, what they what they did today, uh, how they're feeling and what they're trying to do to catch up on some lost time. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. There's, of course, no easy way 
to make the transition from that to what I have to say next. A quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for our football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-minute scores for every sport out there. The fast, easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. I actually got the email today uh, from our pals at BetOnline. I'm going to open it up right now. They have opening lines uh, for the first games of the season. Isn't that exciting? For the opening games of the season. The Orlando Magic at the Detroit Pistons, currently on BetOnline, set at Pistons minus 4.5. So a little bit more than that typical three-point line that you see for the home team. The over-under set at 218. So 218 would be, uh, I believe if both teams scored the same number of points, that would be 109. Double Someone double-check me on that math. Um, but 109 to 109, that's, 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 that's a pretty high number for two teams that were two of the worst offenses in the league last year. But you can check it out now. Magic at Pistons, minus 4.5. You can go back and check my episode with Kukahil of uh, Locked On Pistons as we... I recorded that last week before the hurricane and all that, um, but but definitely check that out. But you can find all the latest numbers at Bet Online. So head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ninety-three percent of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/podcast. Just go to Indeed.com/podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com/podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That big day, October 19th, is coming quickly. We're 20 days away from the start of the Orlando Magic's regular season. And we are not so far away now, three days away from the start of the preseason. The Orlando Magic will take on the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis on Monday to open their preseason. So, yes, the hurricane sucked. The hurricane is awful for a number of reasons. Near the very bottom of that list is the fact that the Magic lost Four practices, two days of training camp, two two-a-day days. But really, that is not what the Magic were thinking about as they got back to work. Um, it was not what the Magic were thinking about as they put them as they got back on the court and played uh, and played basketball again. They certainly feel fortunate to play basketball again. They feel fortunate to be in this position where they can play this game uh, and get back to work. And really. The feeling when we got into the gym was a lot of just happiness to be back on the court and a continuation of the good vibes and excitement and kind of first day of school energy that you feel on the first day of training camp. It almost felt like another first day of of school uh, for the Orlando Magic. No doubt, though, you know, while, yes, there are a few teams that started a little earlier because they were making international trips this preseason, but no doubt, though, the Magic lost time, and they lost prep time, and they lost time to, to kind of get themselves back into rhythm, back into shape, back into game shape, time to rebuild their to rebuild their foundations. Um, I don't know if Monday's game is being broadcast anywhere yet. 
Um, But when you look at that box score, keep that in mind. Uh, It's not that the Magic can't catch up to everyone and kind of get themselves back into that rhythm, back in that game shape and all that. But Monday's game could be very, very rough because the Magic simply didn't have the time to get all those foundations and fundamentals in. Where a lot of Tuesday's practice, at least the early session, was spent focusing on defense and and really honing in on the team's defensive fundamentals and values, what Jamal Mosley said Friday's practice was about was feeling the energy of being back together, uh, of being thankful, uh, of getting through the storm, uh, and beginning to just kind of continue to layer those foundations on, but just feel that energy once again, to feel the energy of being together. And, and, and that's obviously all a good thing. Um, you know, I don't think the Magic are necessarily wrong to, to feel that way. Um, there's, there's obviously a lot more that goes into it. I'm sure there was still some drill work. There was still some offense that was layered in. There were still some defensive principles. There were still all those foundational pieces that you expect from a preseason, from a training camp practice. But the Magic lost time. They will have four fewer practices than they were scheduled to have. And, and they might make up some on, they might make up one of them on Saturday. Um, Mosley said that uh, the plan is Saturday to practice in, in the afternoon, in the mor- late morning, early afternoon, and then decide later if they're going to practice um, later in the evening before they practice again Sunday and then head to Memphis uh, Sunday Sunday afternoon. Um, it's, it's, you know, there's still a lot of that at play. There's still a lot of, you know, understanding like we've, you know, we, we have to catch up and make, make up some time. But that wasn't the message. You know, it was a question that I was curious about. A question that I asked was, you know, did you feel like coming to practice that you had to make up that you had to make up for some lost time? That you know, yes. The reality is, the Magic made the right decision not practicing during a freaking hurricane. Like that's 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 a no brainer decision. I'd question the organization if they forced this group to head into the gym and practice during all this. Um, you know, there are things that are far more important. Uh, but the reality is too that that is an opportunity lost and. Mosley and most of the players kind of wave that notion away. It's like, yes, we understand that, you know, we have to make up some time. We're confident that we can. But the focus was to tre- treasure the moment and win the day. We can't, it's, it's like being in a deficit. You can't make it all back up in one shot. It's about getting a stop. It's about getting a, it's having good execution. It's about focusing in more to, to make up that ground slowly but surely. And obviously this is not a, not a deficit like you're down 20 with 10 minutes to play. You know, those are the moments where you do have to focus in a little bit more. And, and, and I think that was the overall message and Mosley's message, which you'll hear coming up here, is just to go out and win the day. To go out and do your best today. To take advantage of the time given. And, you know, the consistent message was that this is a, a, a larger lesson that anyone can take that it's not about the it's not about what you should be or where you should be it's about what can you do with what you have in front of you and that was what the magic were trying to do and that's what the magic hopefully did on Friday whether they did or not you know everyone's pretty optimistic in in the preseason obviously but um, whether they did or not it is up to the coaches and up to the players to to really determine as they assess assess what they did um, just kind of some quick notes from practice then. They did do a lot of five-on-five. Five. They did do some five-on-five five work. Um, there's a, a promise or, or there's a statement that they're going to play a lot to kind of kind of build up the camaraderie, build up the competition, and build up, yes, the accountability um, within this team. 
Um, so there was a little bit of that, <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, but, but, you know, one of the notes that came out and we'll talk more about this on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic, um, was they are experimenting with lineups. Mosley noted that they did, tr- or Wendell Carter noted that they did try a lineup with, uh, with Wendell Carter, Paolo Bancaro, and Bull Bull playing together. Carter noted that, uh, or I think it was Cole Anthony noted that Bamba lined up for a shot and Bull Bull was able to get to it and block it. Um, there's been a lot of Bull Bull buzz uh, going on at training camp. And again, who knows what's real and what isn't. We will find out Monday. Um, but everyone's buzzing about Bull Bull and saying that he he's the best shooter among the big men. Um, Cole Anthony would like everyone to know that his team won that game when those three were were, were trioed together. Uh, but but nonetheless, it, it is some it is it is a potential lineup that the Magic do have uh, that they can experiment with. And 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 the lineup, that, from what I understand, was Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner playing alongside those 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 three uh, others as well. So a very very big lineup that the Magic tried, and yes, there's going to be some false starts. There's got, there's a lot of things that, that that group has to figure out and play together to get going, but it, it does point a little bit to the potential this group has. Um, there's been a lot of buzz throughout training camp, uh, and yes, that's just two days, uh, but even before, even pre-training camp stuff about Caleb Houston, um, Cole Anthony called him a, a, an elite shooter, um, an elite shooting prospect, Um and, and everyone's been buzzing about his basketball IQ and how hard that he works to. So there is, it feels like a lot that players on the team are excited about. But again, they're also being asked about these players. No one's going to say a bad thing at this stage of training camp. We'll see what it all looks like uh, when they hit the floor on Monday. And again, that's going to be sprinkled with some salt as well uh, because of because of everything that's been going on. I, again, uh, my effort right now, I'm trying to get more videos, show you some, have some raw sound. Uh, so we will hear from Jamal Mosley as the Magic resume practice. He'll repeat some of the points that I made here as well um, as we get ready for training camp to begin. When we come back, we will hear from Jamal Mosley. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Before we go into it and finish those questions, like we're fortunate enough to be here, yes, and we got practice on the way, but you know, I just want to say you know, our thoughts and prayers are going out to the people that have been impacted. And 
been affected, you know, by Hurricane Ian. I, I think it, it, things you can control, you can control, things you can't, you can't. But we want to make sure that they understand that our hearts and our thoughts and prayers are with them. Because that's, that's the real thing. And that's what I think. Communities need to understand that. And that we're with them and we're continuing to think about them uh, as, as we move forward and recover from them. Coach, we saw the DeVos family step up with a million dollar donation to the, to the family, people affected. Uh, just, just how big is it and how much do they continue to you know, impact their I think it's, it's just truly incredible. And it understands that we talk about perspective of things, us, us, you know, the sport that we're in, but it's more important how much we give back and take care of people and take care of these that, their lives that have been impacted and affected by the hurricane. And, and you know, you just want to make sure that we can do as much as possible, that they know we care and we're willing to do what's necessary in order to, to make sure that people feel that from us. Is anybody on the team or even the staff affected by you know, from where from what we were getting, you know, we just have, you know, some leaks and roofs, leaks and roofs, uh, power outages, certain situations, some people got hit with some flooding, but like I said. We are very fortunate, and you know, to be that we didn't get hit, you know, as hard. But like, that's why I said, just you know, continued thoughts and prayers go out to those that are truly dealing with, you know, the, the, the devastating impact of what, what it is. You've been in the Orlando area for over a year now, so you've seen how this community kind of comes together in times of need. Do you kind of get that sense already that that's how it's going to be this time around? It is such an incredible community. I mean, the, the togetherness that they continue to show, the rallying behind one another making sure that everyone is taken care of. I just think it's something special about this community that it, it, no one is, is left out. And that's the biggest thing, that we'll continue to pull together and we'll continue to work to make sure that everybody gets the things that they need in this time. Obviously, you know, you have to kind of interrupt practice a little bit, getting back in, into the gym, get, getting ready for preseason game on Monday, getting ready for the season. Was there a little bit of urgency to kind of make up for some of the lost time, or how do you how did you approach today's practice? You know, Philip, that's a that's a good question, and I and I told our guys before, you're not going to get time back, and so don't put the pressure on yourself to get time back. So what you need to do is have the perspective of let's win today, let's take care of today, let's take care of what we can control in this moment. Um, yes, there are other teams out there practicing and getting drills, and that's. That, that's going to be understood, but one thing about this team and just like this community, like we're going to be resilient and take what, what's handed to us and make the most out of it and do our best in that moment. And that's what these guys showed today, and they worked their tails off knowing that they're, that they're fortunate and you know blessed to be in this situation right now to be able to be, get in the gym to play and be amongst their brothers. Did you, did you adjust any of your practice plans from, from Tuesday or today knowing that the hurricane was going to be around? How, how, did, how, did, how did, you know, having a plan or for you know a, a major major event like this affect how you planned out well what practice. we did look at was that these guys were going to be off for a couple of days so making sure that they just get in and feel the energy of being back in the gym among around each other uh, so not putting too much on hey we got to get this covered and that covered versus you know what everybody's dealing with something and everybody you know making sure their families are taken care of making sure their families are safe so, so just being back in here with the energy and the, the chemistry and camaraderie was a big portion of it and then we'll move forward, you know, obviously understanding game plan and things we need to do to continue our foundation, but the biggest thing is that they, they got in the gym together and understand that, you know, that we're going to stay tied together with all of them. Kind of along those lines, you know, 
think it was Wednesday you had planned for a two-a-day. I think Thursday was just one practice. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are you now going to do maybe a two-a-day today or a two-a-day tomorrow just so you can maybe not get the time back, but just to get more time in the gym before well, that, Monday? I, again, uh, part of it is us not getting those two days. We want to make sure that the guys are recovering mentally as well as physically. So we'll go one today, and then after we get the one in tomorrow, we'll play a little bit of that, that by ear because obviously – or we'll be traveling on Sunday, so we want to make sure that the families are safe, that I mean, everybody gets their homes taken care of, and that that's first priority. And then as we move into getting you know things covered, you know, there's a lot of film work that will be done. There's a lot of one-on-one -on -one sessions. There'll be a lot of small group sessions that we'll do, and then we'll play that second practice by ear in some ways. We'll see how guys respond to you know going a little longer today, and then tomorrow see how they feel after that that first session. To that point, how did how did the guys handle the energy being back in the gym? What what, what was it like for, for everyone? Well, I, I I really understand. I feel that these guys were grateful for just being able to get back in the gym. You know, these young guys are you know chomping at the bit to be around one another. You know, to continue to work on their craft, to be around each other in this in this light. So. That was really good. That's why the energy, you know, it was very turned up today. That these guys got after it. They pushed each other. They were vocal. Um, they, they really worked. There was a very good level of energy in the building today. With Caleb, what, what has stood out? It's obviously pretty early in the process of training camp. What has stood out about him? And it might be too early to kind of figure out location stuff, but what kind of role do you kind of see him playing? Well, you know, the great part about Caleb is that he's got a very high basketball IQ and an unbelievable work ethic. He finds himself in the right spacing on offense, and defensively he finds himself in the right spots uh, defensively. So those are very two very good qualities that he possesses. Uh, and the role that we're going to ask him to do is obviously be that knockdown shooter, that positional defender, and, you know, just obviously making the simple and right plays. And as it goes for rotations, the one thing we're going to continue to do is look at different lineups. Each day we'll see a different lineup on the floor who plays with who, how the flow works, and then we'll just we'll, we'll manage that as we go throughout the preseason. Especially last year, especially early in the season, guys, the transition maybe to take shots a little earlier, kind of go for the first shot. How much are you emphasizing in these practices, especially more so in the transition? You know, it doesn't have to be the first shot to go for. Maybe you can push it a little bit more, but maybe we'll go find maybe the second shot or the third shot. Well, that's, that's a great point. And the one thing we talk about, we always talk about pace, being able to push the ball up the floor. But pace is not necessarily just I got to get up fast and shoot the first shot, to your point. It is about the pace in which I set screens, the pace in which how, how I cut, how I move off the basketball. And you know, we have guards that can push that basketball up the floor very fast, but it is not necessarily for them to shoot the first thing. It's to flatten out the defense. Now as you move that basketball around the perimeter, and now you have more room for driving and kicking, you have room to space out the floor to get guys in their, their specific positions. In light of that, are you putting more on the guards? Like, in terms of the decision making, like, hey, you have the ball in your hands, don't put us in the position of, 18 on the clock and you got the first shot. We well, the players. great part about our guys is that we've asked them all to be great decision makers. So when the ball hits Jalen's hands or Markel's hands or Franz's hands or Cole's hands or even Paolo's hands, like when it hits their hands, we're asking them to be the decision makers. So whether they got it off the rebound and pushed the break, they are now the, the primary decision maker. So get downhill. Into, if you can get to the team of the defense, now you spray out and everybody knows their positions to be. We worked on that today as well. So guys understand the decisions that they're needing and having to make within a certain pace. Not rushing, not being in a hurry, but understanding that you can make quick decisions with time on the clock. Thank you guys.
That was Jamal Mosley following practice today. Sorry, the audio got a little, uh, little uh, uneven there, or got a little bit ahead of the video, so there was a little bit of black screen there. Apologize for that. Um, we're, I'm still learning how to do that. Hopefully, we can get a little bit better at that as the season goes on. But that's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can force find us on Twitter at you can find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tune in Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to the podcast to your podcast enable listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at OMagicDaily. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Magic. On our next episode, we'll preview the Orlando Magic's first preseason game, talk about what to expect from that. Plus, talk a little bit about Bull Bull and uh, whether he is actually making an emergence here for the Orlando Magic. But now that you're done listening to us, go make your second listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Frost. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.